Tracy Cook and welcome to the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, that now support and inspire others. And today we are giving a voice to Joanna. And we can call her Joe as well. We will be sharing where we can contact her. And I want to share just a little bit before we bring her on to share her story. I've been watching a lot of her podcasts. She is impactful, she's real, and she is relatable. She's a mid-career as a she coaches mid-career introverts in professional services and STEM roles to find and use their authentic voice so they are heard when it matters and get noticed for the right reasons, giving them the confidence to apply for their next big role. I'm intrigued already. Jo, Joanna, please (laughs) share with us. Who are you? Where does your story start? Thank you. Thanks for having me here, Tracy. So, uh, yeah, I'm Joe. It's usually only Joanna when I'm in trouble, but now I've lost both parents. I rarely hear Joanna unless it's something more formal. But I, um, I identify as an introvert, and I've always known since I was young that I was different. So I would take myself to bed early to read because I could escape into my fantastic world of my imagination even though I'd hear other kids playing outside long after I'd gone to bed. And it wasn't until my 30s that I knew how I was different. And that's when I found out that I was an introvert. And just reading that little brief description had me going, oh, this this is me. This is who I am. And for the first time, I realized that there was nothing wrong with me. I wasn't broken. I didn't need fixing. I was different. And this is how I was different. But At that stage in my life, I was still a bit insecure. I was in the world of learning and development, and all of the successful guys around me were all those big characters who were kind of entertaining on stage. And I thought, okay, so now I know what makes them different. They're extroverts. So for the next almost two decades, I pretended to be more extrovert in order to fit in because what I felt the world didn't like about me was the fact I was an introvert because all I heard was be different, push yourself forward more, speak up more. And eventually I got the message that I wasn't okay being who I was. And that led to some victimhood on my part. And when we have to change to fit in, then we know that if it feels that uncomfortable space, we're not living our true authentic lives, are we? Absolutely. And ultimately, it took its toll on me, as it will with most people, in that I was on the slippery slope from introvert overwhelm through to introvert hangover. And eventually, I hit introvert burnout, where I just compromised myself too long, too much. I bent myself out of shape. I'd lost who I was. And that was the time to reclaim who I was. And to own my introversion, to play to those strengths powerfully. And that's when the notion of working with introverts was born because I thought 
if if it's affected me like this and I'm relatively self-aware and in that world of learning and development, how must it be for people who haven't had that opportunity and are still struggling? And it was from that that Flourishing Introverts was born where I thought, okay, things have to change now. And how would you describe an, an introvert? I'm thinking somebody's maybe listening to this podcast and thinking, I don't know whether I'm an introvert or an extrovert. What what led you to believe um, and say, I, I'm actually an introvert and a flourishing introvert? What are the characteristics yeah. that really stood out to you that we could share? So it's a great question because unfortunately there are so many myths and misconceptions about introversion that we're shy, that we're boring, that we're depressed, that we're lonely, that you know we have social anxiety. None of that is necessarily true. All that distinguishes an introvert from an extrovert is where we get our mental energy from and what drains our mental batteries. So introverts are already overstimulated mentally. They don't need all that additional stimulation that comes with our busy world, that comes with open plan offices, that comes with you know, huge gatherings of people. Because we're overstimulated, we need to retreat to recharge our batteries. So that's why people think we're stuck up or arrogant or boring, because we don't join in the way other people do, because it's damaging to our mental health. There's, it's not because we don't, it's not even because we don't necessarily want to. Sometimes I want to be involved, but I, I check in with my mental battery kind of meter and it goes, uh-uh, not enough charge for that. It's a bit like when you go on a long journey, you check the, the the charge in your phone battery and say, have I got enough charge to see me through where I need to get to? Same for introverts. If I haven't got enough charge, it's not worth setting out on the journey. So that that's what distinguishes an introvert from an extrovert. And of course, the irony is what drains one charges the other. So, you know, we're, we're never going to quite understand each other. But I'm all about inclusion rather than further division. So for me, I knew I wanted to work with introverts and this phrase flourishing popped up for me. So I went and explored it. And when I discovered that flourishing is a, it's not a destination, it's a way of being, it's a, it's a journey that we're on. We choose to flourish day by day, moment by moment. And it's about living that authentic life. And it's about kind of, you know, doing things that bring us joy and happiness. So that's exactly what a flourishing introvert does. They don't pretend anymore. They don't kind of comply with the extroversion bias that is around us everywhere in society. They do what's right for them. And, and that's what moves introverts from hiding inside or behind introversion and being a victim to it as a to then say, actually, this is me flourishing. This is in all my glory as an introvert. And I think it's wonderful when we actually really step into owning who we are and we we throw those kind of phrases around so nonchalantly, don't we? It's like step into your power, you know, step into your success, you know, be your true authentic self. And when people do, we criticise them or we blame yes. them or we victimise them or we criticise them or we have these keyboard warriors on social media that 
tries to push them back, not actually understanding how far they've come forward. And that can be quite damaging to our personality, our mental health, our friendship circles. And I love your message and I love the word flourishing because we all hear about self-development and growth and that is flourishment. So where does your journey take you from when you fully owned your true authenticity what did what did that feel like like when did you really go this is me like it or not I'm going to be me I mean that must have felt amazing it does and and I'm still on the journey I still have those moments where my inner critic gets a little bit too vocal and says oh should you be doing that are you sure can you do that so I, I battle that the same as anybody else but it's it's being in that moment of choosing to what messages I listen to when I choose to flourish. And it feels truly empowering. And again, that's another word we throw out around a lot, but I feel empowered. I feel free. I feel light. I feel energized. I feel unstoppable when I'm actually in my flourishing introvert mode. Oh, I think that's wonderful how you can use unstoppable with flourishing and introvert because it's something, like you said, that the social, you know, design doesn't just puts people into boxes and you can be all of that. You can be unstoppable and flourishing and an introvert all at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. And sadly, many things get conflated with introversion, like social anxiety, like misanthropy, you know, the the people hating stuff. Um, and, And none of that is necessarily true. Of course, there are introverts who are also shy, who are also socially anxious, who are also depressed, but they are different things. Let's not mix them up together. You know, if if I'm just working on my introversion, I can work on those other things too. So you know, I don't apologize for my introversion anymore, which I might have done in the past. When people say to me, God, you're so quiet, I now say, thank you for noticing. Listening is one of my real gifts. And I do that best when I'm in observer mode. So thanks for noticing my quiet. Oh, that I makes love world- that. Oh, I love that, Joe. I'm going to so use that. I am definitely going to use that because on the opposite side, I'm an extrovert. I'm crazy and I'm high energy. And a lot of people say, you know, we're talking about different charges and that's what stood out to me the most. And on a lot of your podcasts, you talk about that quite often as well, I've noticed. So hearing about charges and I've never actually known until I listened listen to you speaking about that, that that was actually a thing. So Mm -hmm. we're all learning every step of the journey. Absolutely. And because, and I don't know when it started, but because our world has become so biased towards extroverted behavior from education onwards, you know, children are criticized for being too quiet, for not pushing themselves forward. And that continues on into the world of work and into relationships where people don't understand that I might want to go to a party or an event, but if my mental battery or social battery isn't charged enough, it's a no-go for me. And and so being prepared to ask for what we need and help people understand what makes us different is all part of that flourishing. 
Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. And where are you and what are you doing in your your space at the moment? Because um, I will tell people to connect with you and watch your TED Talk as well. Yeah, my my TED Talk was a turning point for me because it's the sort of thing that had been on my radar for a while. But once I finally got what my message was, and it's the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done, even though I've emceed events of over a 1,000 people, standing on that stage talking about something so intensely personal to me was was really nerve-wracking, but I'm so pleased I did it. And I now rattle cages of organizations, helping them see where the bias is endemic in their everyday practices and processes. And I run programs with introverts, helping them to flourish so that they can be all that they need to be and want to be without pretending. Well, everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. We don't necessarily have to be the loudest voice in the room to be heard, do we? Exactly. And people want to be seen and heard for the right reasons, especially introverts. We don't like a spotlight for the wrong reasons. And you know, part of our communication process is we have this think, say, think communication process. So we will often hold back if we don't think what we have to say is going to add any value. And therefore, people think we don't have an opinion or don't have anything to say. Well, we're just more sparing with our words. So you're right. We don't have to be loud to be leaders. And we don't have to be in the spotlight all the time to actually deliver real real value. Definitely. And um, we 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 seem to um, not include quieter people in groups and in social situations. And sometimes yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because being a, an observer, then when when you're quieter and you're quite introvert, would you agree or not that when when that person, that introvert, does speak, a lot more people listen? Would Would you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely, and and I talked about that in my in my TEDx as well. In that you know the contributions may be sparing, but they're the sort of contributions that stop you in your tracks and have you go wait what or wow you know because they've assimilated so much they've taken in they've observed they've noticed so much and they're pulling things together and they can stop people in their tracks with their contributions. I love that. And what are you working on? Are you working on anything at the moment that uh, you can uh, let us know what you're doing? Yeah, so I'm I'm literally, there are a couple of things at the moment. I'm busy writing my second article for the Inside Government's Education Hub because I'm I'm really focused on getting this bias shifted in our education system because then it will cease to become such a problem in the workplace. And I'm putting together a program that's launching in October for introverts. So that's a watch this space moment, but very exciting. I love that. And what what kind of message would you leave our audience on today? The big message for me is around not pretending and not hiding. So allow yourself to really own your introversion, to claim those strengths and to play to them proudly almost, because with up to 50% of any population identifying as an introvert, we're not in a minority really even. You know, there are lots of lots of us. So many of us are pretending. So it's time to stop pretending own that introversion and really show up fully as your introverted self. 
I love that. Thank you so much for being brave to smash through those barriers, to bring awareness and to not create divide and the education that we really need around introversion and your personal story as well. And we'll be sharing where to connect with you. You are very appreciated and you can find the Victim to Victory podcast series on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and our Facebook group. So please subscribe, share, and comment to be the change that the world needs. And let me leave you with a message today of step into your story, figure out who you are, and do it on purpose. Thanks, Joe. Thank you very much, Tracy.